you actually ultimately need to meet the customer where they are. And that's going to be a combination of technology and platforms like, you know, Call to Run others that really help us understand what customers are doing and then help us enable the customer and like what's the best next step for them to move through their journey. Welcome to Virtually Live, the podcast. Every week, we'll get into the latest and greatest in marketing and specifically event marketing, audience engagement, and brand experience. To guide us through that, we've invited event professionals and marketing leaders from various industries. In this week's episode, Kaltura's EVP Marketing, Lisa Bennett, talks to Ada O'Great, SVP Global Head of Corporate Marketing at SAP, a company with a 50-year legacy of leading other organizations through technological changes. She'll walk us through how data and marketing are now playing a critical role in SAP's evolution. Let's go. I'm Lisa Bennett, Kaltura's EVP Marketing, and I'm coming to you virtually live from our virtually live studio. Today, I'm going to be talking with Ada Agreit, SAP's SVP Global Corporate Marketing, about digital transformation. That's right, if you think you and probably everyone else have passed that phase now, think again. Technology isn't going anywhere, and it sure isn't stopping, and we all have to keep up. My guest, Ada, is just the person to explain why and how in more detail. Not only does she run marketing at the company helping companies worldwide to digitally transform, she's also actively helping lead SAP through the same process. Hi, Ada. Hi, Lisa. I'm coming to you today virtually live from Bellevue, Washington. Amazing. We are so excited to have you, and thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for having me here. I'm Absolutely. very excited to be here today. Awesome. So let's dive in. Companies have been digitally transforming for a while now, but somehow everyone's still at it. One reason is the move to hybrid and remote work, leading to a greater and faster need for more digital tools. What are some of the foundations that need to be put in place to get there? Great question. You know, I think it all starts with a customer and the customer journey and how you really connect customers to your offerings at, at the end of the day. Um, second, I would say you really need a standard set of metrics and data that you can actually um, work through um, to, to enable that customer journey, whether that customer journey is digital, in person, or it has a combination of things. I would say third is you obviously, once you have defined the standard metrics and data, you actually need um, the ability to be able to track and measure. What are those customer touch points that are actually moving the customer further in the journey? And then obviously you need the right uh, set of MarTech tools to, to, to enable your business. And it's, it's a lot for any um, one company to do, especially when you're a global company with the complexity of sets of data um, across the customer journey. That sounds like euphoria, right? <laughs> Getting it all to work together in that MarTech stack, absolutely. Um, it's obviously important from a business standpoint, but what about the impact it makes specifically on ESG topics? Yeah, so you know, as we think about environmental, social, and, and governance, just in, in general, we as a global company, um, it's part of our core, right? So at the end of the day, we we're in a unique position where our products are integrated across a lot of business processes, where we can actually um, enable our customers to become more sustainable, and we as a company have a commitment to become more sus uh, sustainable. Obviously, the, the, the journey to the cloud for, for many of us is, is core to that. And I would say that, you know, whether about 
77% of the world's transactions are run through SAP. So you can only imagine um, our ability to help our customers become sustainable. And we have things like Cloud for um, Sustainable Enterprise. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it, it's how we enable that for our customers, not only through our product offerings, but also through everything we do. So how do we um, enable digital tactics to, to help sustainability in our customers through events and, and other types of things that we do? Amazing, 77%. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So now let's talk about the amazing work you've been doing at SAP. SAP has helped so many companies do their digital transformation, and now you're charged with ensuring that SAP's marketing is truly digital first. Before we get to marketing, can you share your experience doing that in a 50-year-old corporation that got used to doing things one way? What are the obstacles and how do you get past them? So you know, Lisa, um, SAP has been helping transform companies for over 50 years. So transformation is not necessarily something new for the company. What's kind of interesting is a combination of the time, speed to really evolve and help our customers move faster and adapt new technologies, enable business transformation. And I would say a couple of obstacles, and I'm kind of a person of the glass half full, so I would say <laughs> a, a couple of opportunities is really how do we think of the gap in digital skills, right, and talent and, and, and retaining talent? And also, how do we help sort of break down the silos of decision making and more sort of integrated approach to, to problem solving? And I would also say uh, having a standard set of tools and data to help sort of support that decision making is critically important. Absolutely. I think standard set of data. Um, just getting everyone to agree and uh, you know find the same definitions is uh, is an obstacle in itself. But once you get there, at least you can have a conversation that makes sense. And I totally relate to the glass half full. I'm absolutely with you on that. So, how can marketers ensure that their organizations stay relevant in the new digital world? Tell us everything: tech, team structure. We want it all. Absolutely. You know, I think obviously martech and data are two critical components. Um, we have to be able to stay ahead of trends. And as we're implementing new uh, um, MarTech or data tools, how are those evolving for the future versus just serving its purpose at a point in time? Obviously, the people and the skills that you need, as I mentioned before, is really, is really critical, like digital talent. Um, it, you can't find it everywhere. And also, you know, there's retention. How do you keep your employee base? Um, and you bring a whole generation of new, of new folks with new um, skill sets in. I would say also, you know, team structure. There's never a perfect org structure. <laughs> but I think that um, a, a team uh, 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 an updated team structure can help um, uh, drive the right set of behaviors and integration as you go into market. So I would say that those are the things that um, are sort of critical. I obviously am a big fan of reading trades, whether they're business, um, you know, uh, leveraging the Association of National Advertisers for information, um, reading up on what our competitors are doing to really help myself and, and my team really stay uh, ahead of different trends. Absolutely. I remember as a kid, my dad's a family doctor, him always getting the, uh, the journal of medicine that he had to stay. So I feel like that's uh, what we have to do now in every field, but definitely in marketing as well. So it's not Absolutely. a life and death situation, maybe, as my dad used to deal with. Uh, <laughs> what about events specifically? Shifting gears. Um, yeah. That's one area that everyone had to completely digitize, whether they wanted to or not. 
What's the right way to do that and with what tools? Yeah, so I would say, you know, um, especially when you have global customers and a, and, a, and a global organization, you actually ultimately need to meet the customer where they are. And that's going to be a combination of, of you know, technology and, and, and um, uh, you know, platforms like, you know, Culture Run, others that really help us understand what customers are doing um, and then help us uh, enable the customer and like what's the best next step for them to move through through their journey. I think as we think about diverse diversity in events, you know, just in general, you know, uh, global representation is 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 sort of we're a global org and represent, equal representation matters. So we're looking at that across, you know, speakers, participants, especially in technology where we don't necessarily have have a lot of females participating, right? So what are the things, the topics, and the opportunities and community uh, communities that we're building across our events to actually enable um, these communities to to thrive in in in, in an SAP uh, first party environment? That's amazing. I love that. Um, when you talk about your event strategy specifically these days, um, coming out of the pandemic, yes or no, is it all digital and virtual? Is it mostly in person? I know many marketers are kind of going back that way. Or is it more of a hybrid mix? Tell us a bit about you know, how SAP and you guys are managing that strategy of events. Yeah, so you know what, what's, what's interesting is that uh, our, our event strategy is really mapped to what our customers need at the end of the day. And you actually see us um, implement a hybrid strategy, right? Um, as we go into a, a looming recession, you know, we wanna make sure that we can serve our customers whether they're coming to an in-person event or they wanna consume that content digitally. So today, we have um, more digital events than we do in-person events, and that's probably across the universe of, of, of global companies. And as we go into um, 2023, we're looking at the right balance, ultimately with the customer at the center for us to meet the needs um, worldwide. Excellent. Yeah, we always talk about, you know, a hybrid event versus a hybrid event strategy, which indeed I feel is always finding that mix or that balance that you mentioned. Can you share a little bit um, in detail, you know, maybe an example or two of what you guys have seen over the past couple of years, what works well in digital, what works well in, in person, and you know, how you kind of figure out how to put your customer at the center and, and give them that flexibility? Yeah, you know, I found early um, in the pandemic, um, it tended to be more um, one-way communication from a company to a customer. And we didn't really have the ability to have that two-way engagement with customers um, like we do today, you know, as, as, as there's been a lot of innovation in the, in the space in the last three years. So I would say that for us, you know, um, we have found that um, having a strong virtual component, that does not mean that you're replicating exactly what you have in the in the in-person event, really yields um, great results. We actually plan for a virtual experience in parallel as we're planning for an in-person event, and that makes a huge difference, right? Because um, we're really um, looking at the customer in context of what they're experiencing. And there's a lot of shared components, but we actually look at planning those sort of in parallel so that we are enabling the best of both worlds for our customers. So that's just one example, whether that's at Sapphire, our flagship global event, or whether it's at TechEd, our, our developer event in November. So that's how, how we think about that, really with the customer at the, at the center of, of, of finding the right solution. I love that. I love that. That's important. You make the uh, technology work for you and not uh, the other way around. 
I think that's great. Yes. <laughs> um, let's revisit the subject of diversity and inclusion. I know you touched on this before and you touched on it in the uh, context of events. I want to talk about it just a bit more. Um, where marginalized groups and women attendance indeed isn't always where we want it, um, on stage and in the crowd. Uh, maybe share a little bit specifically how you guys actually manage to, you know, be conscious of that, uh, but also impact, you know, the end result there. Yeah, you know, what I love about SAP is that um, diversity and inclusion is core to who we are. We have, you know, tops down and bottoms up, you know, support around DNI, um, the importance of it, um, representation of, of diverse groups. Um, so it's, it's, it's wonderful to see and to be in an environment where it's top of mind and it's, it's part of your, your DNA and every day. So I would say that that is, um, it's not a battle where I have to go, um, sort of beg and plead for, right. for it's, it's top of mind as we're planning events. What is our plan to increase representation of diverse communities in the event? And what are the activities that we need to do to ensure that these communities feel, um, included and um, have great experiences at our events. So, you know, we look at uh, representation for speakers, representation across the attendee pool. Uh, so we look at a combination of, of, of things as we're planning our events. And, it, and it's great to get the support. Usually some companies may look at it as checking a box. And for us, it's really, it's, it's, it's embedded into the, the planning of everything that we do. That's amazing. Yeah, Once it's, when, when it's at the core, it really happens for sure. Um, on a somewhat related note, uh, could you perhaps tell us about the work you're doing on the Dress for Success um, initiative or organization that you're part of? Yeah, so, you know, I'm super passionate about advancing um, women, uh, you know, women, uh, especially diverse uh, communities of women into the workforce. And I joined the board of Dress for Success Seattle. Um, Dress for Success is a global organization that's really uh, trying to empower women to to become um, economically uh, independent. So, you know, it's, it's kind of um, sad when you actually see that 1.6% of, of charitable donations, um, only 1.6% goes to organizations that serve women and girls. Wow. So I want to be able to drive a meaningful difference. And a lot of the work that we do is is helping them build skills that will get them ready to go back into the workforce. So everything from learning Office uh, 365 to um, uh, interview prep to resume support. So all of those things to really get them to be able to find um, meaningful jobs. And then by default, they contribute to society and then there's you know wonderful returns. Win-win, that's really inspiring. Um, thank you for sharing that. I want to shift gears for a second and go back to digitization um, and data that it produces. While it can be overwhelming, it's also a sure way to improve on your efforts. How do you keep all of the data in check so that it still helps guide your decisions and doesn't become a hindrance? Yeah, so I would say, you know, the data will live everywhere. And I would say that there's, there's, it's very difficult to have all of the data and to be able to track everything that you want to track, just because it could, it could, it could also lead to some analysis paralysis, right? So I think first you have to align on what are the sets of data that matter um, and that are most important to help your customers through, move through their journey. You know, having a customer data platform is critical to anybody that's trying to do, you know, digital marketing at scale. 
Um, and I would say it doesn't happen overnight. It, it takes um, a lot of people across the company. It's not just a marketer's job to actually come together to say, what are the pieces of data that matter? How do we onboard those into our customer data platform? Again, all in service of enabling our customer to deliver more meaningful experiences across that journey, whether it's on our websites or whether it's in events or whether it's in any of, of the touch points that we have through that journey. That's fascinating. And, and I, sorry, and I would say that, you know, I'm also uh, pushing my team and the culture of marketing to say, you know, everybody today needs to be an insights finder, right? Um, it doesn't happen overnight, but, uh, you know, I think some people sometimes get paralyzed about like, well, we don't have all the data. And I'm always like, well, what data do we have that can help us make decisions to move forward? So again, in the, in the spirit of the glasses half full. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You can always have the excuse that you don't have enough data or that you have too much data, but ultimately it's about actually understanding the data and, and using it correctly. Um, yeah, I know. I'm a, you know, when you look at marketing and the art and the science, I've always come from the art side of the house, but uh, I think my team is getting more proud of me for going more into the data world um, with a lot of their help. So uh, I think that's uh, really, really critical in today's age. Um, let's talk a little bit about the economic climate. There's a recession looming, meaning that marketing budgets will likely get slashed uh, and we'll have to prove our worth even more than ever. How can data help us show the impact marketing is making and help ensure that marketing has a seat at the table, so to speak. So we have this acronym on my team, it's ABDD, always be data driven. Because when it comes to whether it's a looming recession or any other challenges that a company may be facing, you need to be able to decide what are the things that you are going to prioritize. And it's really um, important to say like, hey, it's impact over activity. So I would say, you know, if you pull your entire marketing budget back, it impacts your ability to grow um, in future quarters. So there needs to be a balance and adjustment that's not just on the marketing side, but really as you think of, of, of an entire organization. And really it's about what are the things that we can prioritize because we think it's driving more business value for, for the customer and the company overall. So we won't necessarily, I mean, we won't only get a seat at the table, but we'll get a seat that actually could help drive, you know, the entire organization and, and make an impact there. Yeah, I would say, you know, I see marketing as a business lever. You know, we, we, we know and understand how we can drive value um, to the company. And uh, with, with that same sort of uh, thought, you, we, we have to say, hey, we're never going to get as much money, budget, people that we want. So how would we prioritize? And I think we do that in our own lives. So it's kind of applying that into, into the corporate world and, and, really, and really having the trade-off conversation, right? I think a lot of times um, we talk about doing more with less with absolutely you need to do, but it's also what are the things that you want to prioritize or stop doing because they're not accruing the value that you need for the company, for the customer, most importantly the company. Yeah, and many times that's where creativity shines through and, you know, uh, in everything we do. Um, great. Before we wrap up, Ada, can you please share one piece of advice that marketers and event professionals should consider when putting their plans in place for 2023? In addition to all the amazing insights you've already shared, give us kind of one more pearl of wisdom. Well, it's interesting. I have a, I have a quote very dear to my heart from Martin Luther King that says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl, but whatever you do, just keep moving forward. 
And I do think that in the world that we're living today, you need to find and celebrate small wins because that's what keeps people motivated to move forward. And I would say, which is what I always tell my team is, you know, focus on impact over activity. As we continue to move into the digital, as we continue on this digital shift, you really need to think about impact over activity. So those would be my um, small words of wisdom to the group. That's amazing. Ada, I want to thank you so much for joining us again today. Uh, I know that I've come out learning a lot of amazing new things, very inspired and just excited at what's to come. So thank you again for joining us. Um, and thank you guys for joining us at Virtually Live. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ada O'Great and Lisa Bennett for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. To give you a little taste of what's coming next week, Here's seven questions and events with Simply's VP Brand Marketing, Nadia Hitman. Welcome to Seven Questions in Events. Seven questions with industry expert Nadia Hitman. No time to waste. Let's go. So, Nadia, what's the one thing you want your target audience to get out of your digital experiences? So it has to be about the joy. They feel the joy and they're supported in their journey to achieve their goal. What's your favorite way to engage with your audience? <laughs> uh, I like to ask questions and I'm smiling because I also like to get them involved in the actual experience as the audience. Who would your dream keynote speaker be? No restrictions. So it has to be Adam Grant. Uh, because there's nothing like organizational psychology and he nails the point every time and he makes you think. Which trend in digital experiences are you most looking forward to? So because I like to involve the audience, that's kind of a hint, I would say transformational experiences that involve the audience. Okay. Um, what's marketing pitfall people should watch out for? Not creating the right KPIs, because if you don't create the right KPIs, what does success look like uh, is then not going to be how you need it to be for the impact and also how you track the KPIs. This can be a pitfall because there's many, many different ways to track. I agree. Um, what's your go-to source for personal development info in terms of digital experiences and marketing? So, because I'm all about the people, uh, I learn from others. Uh, I talk and create opportunities to learn from others, as well as, obviously, podcasts. Gotta love the podcasts uh, on the commute. That's great. And shout out another marketing professional. So, I will choose Scott Galloway. Okay. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, Lilach. <laughs>